guys. Oh, I hit the I hit the button too short. Oh well, what you gonna do? Uh, welcome to episode one twenty eight, and welcome to this adventure we're about to go on—an outdoor adventure. I wish I had more sound effects where I can just play some water or something, but I can't. Uh, well, well, there's water. <laughs> uh, but yes, let's get right into the episode. Alright guys, we're just going to jump right into this because him and I have been talking and, you know, he thought we were recording and we weren't, we were just having fun and so, um, but here's another person I found off a of Podmatch and read his story and, um, again, the, the podcast started off at a certain direction of strictly people with disabilities and stuff and a lot of other subject matter came out of it and it's just, you know, like I said, now it's more about people just overcoming and, and just going through the shit and, and seeing what can come out on the other side and so, uh, looks like we're meeting a new friend. So, uh, you want to introduce yourself and obviously tell a little about yourself. Absolutely. Well, my name is Mike Martin. I am the host of project mindfully outdoors, the podcast as well. It's also a writing project. I am also the author of a book called no one is beyond redemption and it's never too late to return yourself. Um, let's see. I have had probably the craziest, actually as a good friend of mine, River Horse put it, the biggest wallop that life can give you in the past three years of my life story, which has caused me to go from being a victim of mental illness and losing everything around me to undertaking one of the probably most intense and greatest moments of my life, which was an outdoor-based healing journey. And it's been one of those situations that has not only brought me forward, but taught so much about myself, the world, and the connection to the place that I love the most, which is the wilderness. Yeah. So about what time, around time frame was around when, when everything kind of went to shit? Well, we're talking uh, probably right before the onset of COVID. Okay, so was, pretty recent. Uh, yeah, it was where I found myself uh, facing my second divorce, completely homeless, living in my truck. About the only thing to my name was things that I could uh, keep in my truck. And pretty much on the verge of giving up, I had tried and had a blotched attempt. And then woke up the next day from that completely blank and just carrying on with life. And I stumbled across. Marcus Aurelius through a podcast. Uh, Ryan Holiday was on the Hunting Collective, and he was quoting countless different quotes from Marcus Aurelius. That when I heard them, I was looking my rearview mirror, and I realized, you know, the last thing that was spoken to my face about how I was nothing. I had nothing left to offer my family and that's why I had something was not the narrative or the way that I wanted to live so when I heard the quote about how adversity is an opportunity to showcase what is truly deep within you it's something that's hidden is your true character it 
hit me in a way that I said, you know what, I've got to do something. Right. And from there, I actually ended up later on the day at the bookstore picking up meditations and spending weeks inside of that trying to understand how I could connect with the world around me and live in this new reality that I had never asked to be thrown into. Yeah. Now your 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 suicide attempt, did you what did you do? Did you take pills? How did you try to end it? Well, the other place that I was spending my nights was an old deer blind that I used to hunt at. Okay. And following those words being spoken, I grabbed a big old bottle of pills, I went back to the deer blind and this was you know, late February, early March, so it was still pretty cold. Between either not taking enough pills or, and not catching hypothermia and dying or whatever, I woke up that next morning, fortunately, because the way that I see it is when that happened and I woke up, my attempt wasn't to kill me. It was to kill the person that was living in the old reality because you know, reality is what you make of it. I couldn't, in that frame of mind, make a productive reality for myself. So the change had to happen, and that's just how it manifested and how I registered it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what's that like? Because I, I tried many years ago, too, and the, the coming to terms where you kind of just let that guard down. Because there, there, there's that whole, like, double dutch type thing where it's like, is it my turn? I'm going to jump in, my turn, go. and And you're like, you know, you just can't come to do it. You can't, you can't jump in the game. You're like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't kill myself. Like there is something to live for, but at some point that kind of whole, I think just, just falls apart and, and you're just like, well, how, like you get to a breaking point and you're like, I'm done. Like I can't. I, well, see the thing about suicide that a lot of people miss is it's not necessarily the person wants to die because there's a book, that I can't recall the title of it off the top of my head, but it was revolving around a study where they asked all these different suicide survivors, you know, why'd you do it? Did you really mean to die or whatever? And their answer, all of them, was I wanted to live. I just didn't know how to deal with what I was going through. So in reality, suicide isn't, you know, the technical stigmas and labels and thoughts put out there. It's right. a breakdown of the coping system. Right. Yeah. A lot of it, it's also about just wanting the, the, the thoughts and the, and the voices and everything to just stop. It's yeah. Right. It's, it's not, see, I, yeah. I could take you further back into my past okay. because I, growing up, I was a cutter and you were a self-harm, a cutter. I oh, cutter. self-injured. Gotcha. Right. Right. And, that was my coping mechanism. It was kind of like my last defense before everything was just gone. You know, it was the the urges, the idea, idealization, all that would come up. And if nothing else would work, I would resort to self-harm in order to get it out of me. When I gave that up, I had somehow managed to find other ways to fill it and then when that reality and all those different fillers were gone and all I had was myself I had no way to manage those 
idealizations and ideas. Therefore, without reverting back to the self-harm, it was just the, you know, the most logical way to make it all stop. Yeah. Yeah, when you can kind of quiet everything, that's really what helps. But, I mean, the people, right. people have their own methods of, you know, like one thing that helped me back in the day was like multitasking, distracting your mind with so many things that I couldn't focus on that one thing that it is just gnawing at me uh, or the thing that is trying right. to make me afraid of. But, you know, and again, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't. Everybody has their methods of exercise and whatever else it is. Sure, whatever it does distract you from it, you just got to because, you know, again, I think I said everyone has a breaking point. It's just most people don't ever see it. Uh, right. Of, and I, I, in those moments, we kind of lose sight of the fact that, you know, it's only one single moment, regardless of if it lasts 10 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes a week, even. It's one single moment and it's going to pass. Yeah. You just have to crawl your way through to the next moment. Yeah. And I always use the analogy, like, because they make it seem like, you need to have something so important in your life to hold on to. And that, that, you know, it's like, Oh, you have a loved one or you, you know, mean of course a pet or something. And that's great, but not everybody has that. And there's a lot of people that literally are alone. Um, right. And that's why I said, like, sometimes you need to have, you know, let's say a, a Netflix show or some, something you're like, Oh, I can't wait for season three of something to come out. And it's like, it's coming out in a month. And it's like, well, that's a month that you want to live. And so then who knows what happens within that 30 days, then maybe that show comes out and they go, Oh, now we're, we're re up for season four. And now you want to live for another year. Um, it, yeah. And it, again, it, it sounds very stupid and basic, but really like you don't, it, we all would love to have our significant other. We would all love to have amazing friends and we would have some money and a nice place to stay. And all. that all sounds great, but a lot of people don't have that shit. And people have to hold on to the littlest of things. Like you said, you were you were homeless. What how, what do homeless people have to hold on to? They have things, but it's not the same things that an average person who lives in a middle class family have. Um, well, I want to start to walk down that question right there. Sure. Because for me, living in that moment, being homeless, in fact, I've been there twice along this journey. And there's a quote of by Heracles that Marcus Aurelius refers back to a lot in meditations. You never step twice in the same river because, you know, we've all been through these situations Mm -hmm. and it feels like we're starting over or we're just point blank lost. Well, each time that you, that you encounter the situation, you're really not starting. You're meeting it with the skills, the attributes, the different techniques, that you utilize to get through it last time. It's like, as we had this conversation, I'm actually standing here on the bank of the Huron River doing some fishing. And it's it's a local place. It's one of my favorite spots to come. But when I come here, it's never identical. Because, you know, I'll see a fish jump one trip who won't be there the next, or there's to be something. Maybe the color of the trees are different. Mm -hmm. What that does is it illustrates the momentum of the change that evolves in the world. And we all have a connection to that momentum, to that life force. 
And if we can grasp onto that, it really will help empower you and get you through. But then there's also another quote that I carry to with me so much the fact that I've written it on the dashboard of my truck is no matter where you live, you can live well. So that means if I'm living in my truck, I'm sleeping in the deer blind, whatever it is, I can make that mine. I can make the best of it. I can be happy. I can be fulfilled in that. You know, you mentioned about wanting this, wanting that. Those are all things that through time, persistence, work, and everything else, you can achieve. However, at the moment that you're standing in, you didn't have them at the moment before. So if you don't have them in the moment that you were in, but you were good two minutes ago, you can still be good in that moment without them. It gives you something to look forward to. You don't have to get caught up in that mask of craving something because when you do that, then you become a slave to it and you lose that freedom and that sense of adventure in the moment. Yeah, you don't appreciate the journey. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to, like I said, just... And then per, some people's realization isn't the same as yours. And, and, you know, again, we all need to be grateful for what we do have. But, you know, I've, I've, you know, the gratitude thing is actually one of the greatest places to start one of healing journeys. Mm-hmm. Because if you can look at even the little things and just be happy that they're there. Like for me, you know, one of the simplest things is the fact that I get up and I've got a cup of coffee. Right. I'm grateful for that. Or I'm grateful for the fact that I have an idea that I can write about. Right now, I'm extremely grateful for the fact that I'm standing here on the bank getting to celebrate this conversation with you through fishing and obviously having the conversation. Right. Well, I'm sure being homeless probably taught you a lot, too, of just being able to be have gratitude for things. Because when you actually do have a place to stay... Um, and you don't have to try to go to shelters or ravage for food or whatever you had to do in those moments. Like you actually can go home and sleep and you have the simple things, a ceiling fan, heat, you know, things that a lot of well, people don't appreciate. See, for me, the, the take is a little bit different okay. because, yeah, there's the fact that there's no physical address and I'm technically homeless and, you know, my truck isn't considered a shelter. However, being an outdoorsman, I've got a lot of those survival type skills that I can rely on. Like, really, if I didn't have a truck, I'd be able to figure out a place to sleep and sleep comfortably. I've always got the ability to make warmth, find food, whatever it is. And on top of that, I have, you know, I keep a regular job. So I work two jobs between a day job and, you know, the creative stuff. So it's not as harsh as say somebody that is having those challenges that they can't grab, you know, they're just there. So it, it is a bit different. And I may be, I'm probably fortunate enough to have more things to fall back on. 
but there are obstacles and yeah, it does change your perception about things because, you know, I could take like TV for example. Three years ago, well, three and a half years ago when I had the old life that I had, TV was a regular thing in my life. All of us watch TV. Now, I haven't actually watched TV in probably three, almost three years. And when I do turn it on, and I'm like, you know, I kind of miss having turning the TV on. I can't connect with it. I look at it and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. Which is something that I've really learned along this process. Is to enjoy each moment and to make it the fullest, most joyful experience. Because, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. And the next moment isn't something that's guaranteed to us. No. Yeah, I mean... You can put that in perspective of just people in your life. Like some, one day they're there, and the next day they're not. And you could look at that for whatever it is that you cherish in life. At some point, it's going to break, or it's just not going to be there. Uh, and you just got to right. appreciate the times you have it. Like this microphone I'm talking into. At some point, this mic's going to break, or I maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Um, or I'm just well, you know. you know, to think about it in the sense of an individual perspective. In fact, I'm glad that your listeners are enjoying this conversation and gaining a lot of perspective out of it because in the process of gaining all that you're trading this moment you're moving one step closer to death you know right and that was something that to really fully understand it i can give you another example is a few weeks ago i sat down and recorded a conversation for my show which ended up airing about two weeks after the conversation. Well, in the course of that two weeks, the guy passed away. Wow. And when we had the conversation, he was uh, battling what clearly was going to be life-ending cancer. Mm. But he was so motivated by his message and you know, leaving this kind of legacy that throughout the hour and a half I spent with him, it was all forward thinking and projective and, you know, happy as could be because he was getting to live his element in that moment. He was getting to celebrate exactly what he was on the earth to do. And that's something that we all should be drawing the inspiration from and be joyful about what we have in living those moments to their fullest. Yeah. Yeah, you want to you want to like go out when you die. You want to have something to put back into the world. You don't want to Right. You know, I mean, we all want to be known for certain things and, you know, whatever. Whatever happens, whatever they put on our tombstone, whatever, but you know, you want to be able to leave something for someone else so they can carry on. It's just it's all about putting more seeds in and you can do it, but you know, it, yeah, I mean, it, again, it it's a person, you know, going through mental health. Sometimes it's hard to be overly positive when your life isn't going the way you imagined it. But uh, Well, that, that's where I kind of draw back on that quote about how you take that view of everything's unfortunate because I have these obstacles. No, it's not unfortunate that you have those obstacles. Those obstacles are actually part of the way and they're part of the path, which is just simply the path. You know, that's the story that you need in that you're living, that you're writing. So it is fortunate because that's what makes you unique. And that's where I think a lot of professionally, the, the 
emphasis gets put on that term mental health or whatever branch they want to, you know, label you with. And there's so much emphasis in there. There's not enough emphasis put on the fact that this is just your set of obstacles. Every human being throughout the course of time has had obstacles. It doesn't matter what they look like at that point in time for them. They made the most of it. And you can too, because that's written within your DNA. By being alive, you are entitled to living the most fulfilling life that defines you, that you're happy and you're content with. It doesn't matter what's put on your plate. Those things on your plate, just like food, mm-hmm. nourish the story. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with having that conversation with that guy and obviously having, I guess, kind of a near-death experience, uh, are you are you afraid to die? Absolutely not. And the reason I say that is because I've gone through and I've balanced the books of my life. I've made all the amends that I need to make. I've also come to terms with the fact that I live in the moment now. You know, I got my value system that I live by, which is a combination of my family being my children my passion for the outdoors and adventure and being a, you know, a creative force that delivers things, messages and things to people that can help inspire them. So contributing to the greater good, I guess you could say. And when you find, when you find that connection and that tone within yourself, you get on this frequency that when it, ends and you close your eyes take your final and you look back you do so being happy you can't you can't praise and long for the things that aren't for you if it's not here yet then you don't even know that it exists but on the same hand if you you know when that moment comes or you think about that moment you got to realize when you're dead, that means that you can't do whatever it is you're doing in that moment. So if you're wasting that moment, then there's no point in anything going forward. So making the most of it and spinning things, spinning things and making that fire grow bigger, then there's nothing to regret. Then. Right. Well, I think, I think what makes you so unique and you're not the only one that, there's other people out there that are similar to you in, in, in their way of thinking and living. But we have this, like, especially in this country, we have this whole, like, white picket fence and family, and you have to, it's a generic way of a goal that we all should strive for. But that's not everyone's realization, and everybody has different thoughts, and, you know, they've lived their lives. Some people have struggled more. Some people have just had it easier. Um, but it's great when you see people who are just their own, in, you know, they're their own individual. They do their own their own way. And like, there's so many ways. I think why it's great to have these conversations because everyone thinks that you have to have this certain way of doing things, and it's not. There's many ways to living your life. There's many ways to combating, you know, mental health. There's many ways of 
um, just feeling free. And, and, you know, you know, there's, there's an argument to make, be made that there's a lot, some of the freest people in the world are, are homeless people, you know, whether now some people believe that some people don't, but it, it's, everybody has their own perspective. Everyone lives differently. And if we stop trying to live within this box and always think the same way, like what you're doing, you know, I think we'll be in a better place because there's so many people think they, they think they have to think a certain way. There's either left or right, you know, like there's either Republican or Democrat. There's either this or that. Like you have to be one or the other, but there's no, there's not many books or scripts to show you, hey, there's, there's a third, there's a fourth, there's a, there's a 17th way of doing things. It's just, it may not be common to you. It's not the, it's the most, it's unique, but it's not the most common way of thinking, but there's other options. You just don't know it yet. Well, that's the ironic part about that is with all the different packaging and there being the left, the right. And, you know, this is kind of like the way that we're taught being able thinking outside the box is just a more creative version of the exact same dogma that they're teaching you growing up. Yeah. You know, you got to have that white picket fence. Well, you know what, for me, that white picket fence is sitting here on the bank surrounded by trees right now watching a group of ducks go through and do their thing and seeing what I can learn and how I can adapt that. Yeah. Which is no different than, you know, somebody standing in their yard pushing a lawnmower up and down that white picket fence. Yeah. It's all about the perception. It's all about the willingness to look inward, explore, and find exactly how you fit into things. Yeah. How you, how that dynamic looks for you that makes you feel most comfortable. Yeah. And we just have to stop looking at other people's situations and going like, ill. Like, no, you have to. Right. Because what, what, you, what you're happy about, if you're just sitting in your house and you're petting your dog and that makes you feel good, okay, great, but no one's judging that. Like, let, let them do their version of petting their dog. Like, whatever it is, if exercise is your thing, going to the gym makes you feel good about yourself and makes you feel invigorated and happy, great. But no one's telling you not to do that. But there are people that do completely, completely opposite things, and it's like that's their work. That's their happiness. Obviously, if it, you're not hurting people or animals and you're just doing something good for you and it makes you a better person, makes you happy, like, who cares if it completely goes with your ideologies and it's your way of thinking it's different and different is good. It's, you don't have to be the same. That's what's gross. Like we all want everyone to just be these mindless robots and let's all think the same way. But it's like, no, like I'm not a super religious person, but there are people that have used God to help them get to where they got to. And they are now happy. They live good lives and they do great things in this life and they help people. So, just because I don't necessarily believe in everything that they believe in uh, doesn't mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean they're, they're wrong. It's just that's how they got to, they got to their top of their mountain, quote unquote, uh, you know, a different way, but they got there. So what? Like I'm envious of someone who made it and is happy because I don't, I struggle with it every day. And, and so I, you know, I'm always envious of people like you who are just different and, and, and you do great things and, and you found your, your happiness well you know happiness and no matter how you go about getting there yeah for you personally brother there's no nothing to be envious about Fair enough. i used to think that same exact thing 
where, you know, it's like I'd talk to somebody and I'd be like, man, you got it going on, dude. You got everything happening. And here I am with all these different struggles. Okay. The thing about it is we all have our struggles at every minute of the day. You know, we're all feeling things. We're all going through stuff. That's just life. And that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's something that you should celebrate and you should enjoy those struggles and those different things that you're working through there. You don't compare yourself to somebody else because you know, you don't know what's going on in the background for one for two. That's not your life, your situation. Therefore there's no reason to have an opinion. about. It. And number three, you got to be you. Your path is different than somebody else's path. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's understanding and finding the, finding the acceptance that the path is the path. It's always unique is where you then become comfortable with the fact that your path is your way. And then you embrace that and you build upon that. That becomes your foundation. And I can tell based on our conversation that we've been having today along with the few messages we've exchanged, the fact that you do even do this podcast and why you put it out there, your motivation is telling me that you are getting closer and closer to that acceptance. Oh, yeah. And that's something that you should be commended for. That's something that we should be celebrating right now. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that is what we were saying off mic is, is it's about evolving and, you know, and you're you're talking about like talking to other people and like what you've done with your show and, and going over all these different subject matters and just what you get to learn and see other people's perspectives. And um, yeah, you see what other people are going through and you just go like, wow, like, you know, you, you start to appreciate the things that you do have because, you know, I've interviewed people with many different types of disabilities and ailments and my problem is my eyes. But I've interviewed people with problems with their ears and their feet and so on. And, and it's like, man, like it's not that I feel I'm, I'm I'm not better than them by any stretch of the imagination, but I am appreciative that I can walk. I'm appreciative that I can hear. And, and then I, I look at my eyes and go, yeah, it sucks, but you know, I have these other things to be thankful for. And, and those are things I didn't think of before because I just was like, yeah, it sucks. My life is terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, woe is me. But at some point I've come to realize and just like love the things that I do have and, and, um, so yeah, like I'm still kind of in the midst, like I'm in the middle of this journey, but I'm, I'm getting closer towards happy land than where I was. Cause I mean, that, in many years ago, not many, but maybe 10 years ago, I was in a really, really bad place. And, um, you know, I think that dark cloud still surfaces over every so often. Uh, I have my moments, but I, I'm more a hold of, I've gotten a hold of my problems and my mental, my anxiety and, and, and all that more so now than ever before yeah see what you you know what you just said there i can completely identify this because you know every healing journey is born out of a storm and as the rain starts to stop and you know your body starts to feel cold because it's soaking wet you instantly want to start building warmth so you rumble around and you find some debris in order to make a tinder pile and 
then you build your tools to begin to build a fire. And when you get that little ember inside that tinder pile Mm -hmm. and you start to nurture it towards a flame, you do so by breathing on it. And in the process of breathing, you begin to build a connection with your fire. And as that flame, as that ember turns into a flame, then you start to feed it, you know, sticks until ultimately you move up to a log. This is exactly what a healing journey is, is you start out with that little ember, you build the fire, and then everything around it that you experience, that you learn, that you're exposed to, that setbacks, the steps forward, it all becomes fuel for that fire. And in the end, as you stand there next to that fire, your clothes are going to dry out, you're going to warm up, and you're going to grow, and you're going to grow into the human being that is more secure within themselves, more enlightened, more connected with themselves and the universe and with the world. And that's a beautiful thing. That's not something to be afraid of. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, I used to be afraid, for, again, like I told you about off mic, and I've talked about it on here too, but just how I could have been that kid that shot up at school because I was just, but I was just so afraid of everything and I was afraid for a long right. time. Um, and then when I when I realized what anxiety was, like I was I was really petrified of everything, uh, even just fa- right. even failing in school, having bad grades. Even though at one point I didn't care about that because I just thought I wasn't good enough to do anything. Um, but when I finally, well, like, go ahead. I was going to say, as you bring up that, you know, the anxiety and things like that, you know, talking to people, there's an interesting fact that I throw out at the end of all of my conversations after we're done is the fact that I started the conversation campfires as a way to deal with social anxiety and a phobia of interacting with people. And there's been a lot of times in the beginning that I, I fell on my face with it. And now here I am, you know, a year later, 160 some episodes into it. And I've learned how to spread my wings because of practice Mm -hmm. and building a practice and committing to it really gets you through those steps that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The journey, that's the thing. Like, that's something I've, I've really learned more in the last, I don't know, five years. Just appreciating everything I've been through, even the bad times, um, even just yeah. just being depressed and just sitting on the couch and being sad. But like then, I then one of the things that I've I've come to learn about myself is how resilient I am because I've I've learned a while ago that I was a very strong person. You know, I told you some of the things I've been through, and you know that was just the tip of the iceberg. But I've been through a lot of shit, and I realized like at some point I was like, wow, like how are you still standing? Like you're still here. Like why? And not why is in and like, that's the cool part, right? Not why is in like why won't you kill yourself, but like why, like how how are you doing this? this? Is amazing. I'm like an outer body experience. Like I'm looking at myself, and I'm just like you're still here. And 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 when I was talking about the the laying on the couch being sad, the one thing that I I, I realized after I came out of that I was like oh, okay, that was only a few hours, or, or that was only maybe a day, and now you're back up and you're happy and you're doing your thing again, and it wasn't like you know, 10 years ago where it would consume me for weeks or months. Um, now it's like, right. okay, you just recover quicker. See, and that's the grip and grin moment that goes with hunting and fishing. 
you're out there and you're trying and you're trying and trying and ultimately you score whatever your prey is, pick up your phone and you snap a big old picture of you with a big old grin and that fish in your hand and it ties together to that next low point Mm -hmm. because when you're standing back out on the water and frustrated trying to figure it out, you can pull that picture back up and you can go, oh yeah, I did it then, I did it now, I can do it now. And you gain the confidence out of that. You you persevere and you have those super strong experiences that are on the other side of it, which is exactly what you described. Yeah. Now, do you do you still have your moments of just sadness or, you know, anxiousness? Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Those those always those will never leave. Yeah. You know that that's a part of the human experience, and it ties back to our ancestors because that was one of the instincts that kept them alive, which is why we're here and we're having this conversation now. Mm -hmm. Even though the world has evolved and changed into the modern day world, we still have those natural instincts and receptors. You know, if you're out in the woods and you see it there, just like your ancestors did, you're going to think, hey, I should probably not be right here. I should probably get away. That's going to eat me. And, you know, the depression and all those things are because those, those things never really evolved truly with the world. So we have to combat them. And we're going to have our triggers that are going to bring on, you know, the darker days and the darker moments, but it's developing a toolbox that you can carry with you to be able to get through them. You know, like I touched on earlier with the uh, self-harm concept, I'll use that, building that toolbox, for example. You know, when I committed to, I was going to put that down and stop doing it, the first thing that I did was I replaced what I refer to as a tool with a red marker. So when the urges would come up, instead of actually going through the act of, you know, hurting myself, I would draw on myself. And then I grabbed a rubber band and I'd throw that on my wrist or whatever. And so ultimately through training and honing those different little things, I started moving on to, you know, I'm having these urges. Let me go get a cup of coffee. Let me go for a walk. Let me do anything that gets me away from those little building blocks that I was getting, that I had gotten out to. And through that process, you develop the, uh, the healthier habits that work for you that keep you away from those triggers or help you cope through those moments. Right. And these tools you're talking about, like these are, you know, again, obviously it's an analogy, but it, the tools you use to help combat what you're going through based on what your emotions are and whatever you're, whatever you're feeling, you have certain emotional, whatever you want to say, tools that you pull out for those certain times to help you feel better. Right. That's kind of like, you know, standing here fishing right now. I'm not going to hook a 30-pound trolling weight onto my onto the end of my line because, number one, I'm not going to throw it very well. And, number two, it's going to scare the hell out of everything around. So, yeah. instead of that, considering that there's not much going on right now, I switched to a smaller, more finesse-type approach because, number one, it's matching the environment and it's matching what's going on around me. It's about learning how to adapt in 
think through the process, mm-hmm. which brings up the idea of like mindfulness and Zen and meditation and all that. Through building that kind of a practice, you learn how to stay calm in the face of the stress or, you know, the more unhealthy impulses that we have, which lets you think through the process, almost like playing a game of chess. You're like, you know, if I go with this more of an unhealthy approach, this is where it's going to lead me and I'm not going to be very happy or proud of myself. However, if I go the other way and say, you know, I hook on a small little jig instead of presenting a big old crankbait right now, I'm going to feel proud that I made that kind of an adjustment because it kept me on track. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're, you're at some point you get, you realize like your mind is always ahead of you and is always trying to outsmart you. And the, the more experience you oh, get yes. with this, you, you start to realize like, okay, I have to prepare for that. I have to put certain things in place. So I like, as an example for the podcast, there are times where I just don't feel like wanting to look for guests or record. Maybe I'm just sad or I'm, I'm whatever I'm dealing with. Uh, or I also know with my eyes may fluctuate or certain things will just bother me that I know I just don't want to do it. So I get 20 down the road. I get a bunch, maybe it's a little more excessive and more than I need, but I get a decent amount done knowing that if I just don't feel like doing it, my mind is just like, screw it. Why bother? I at least have episodes done and I don't have to go searching for somebody. Um, I don't have to, I don't have to put much work in other than publish the episode and maybe do the description for the episode, but it's just to kind of right. smart my brain knowing that my mind, I know maybe it won't happen for the next 10 years, but I know it's still possible and it'll probably happen at some point that I know I might have a down day or a down week that I'm just like, okay, I, I prepared for this in, in one way or shape, you know, in one way, there, but you have to prepare in many different ways and just keep trying to, you know, learn and adapt and, you know, again, like with the mental health stuff, we were saying just how, you know, you're not as sad as it doesn't last as long as it used to. Now it's a couple hours or a day. Um, and it's, that's how you combat it, how you fight it. And, and through that, you, you realize like you, you find more things to be happy about. And, and even when you are happy and you do have a down day, you know, you have these things in place to help you. Um, it, it, exactly. It's yeah. all about preparation. Yeah. If you think about some of the, you know, the handful of great leaders throughout history, there's not one moment that they were caught off guard because they were able to say, I didn't plan for that. Or I didn't expect that. And instead, they're always thinking ahead. They're always planning. They're always preparing. They're always contemplating what the next challenge is going to be and how they're going to overcome that or they're going to you know fight their way through it and it's no different for us yeah Yeah, the context is a lot different but it's the same theory if you put in the prep work you get those things prepared when those more tough difficult moments come up you're going to be good you know, uh, another analogy that I could use, and I actually just wrote a pretty good piece about this, is when you go into the woods, and, you know, nine times out of ten, when you're out there hunting in the fall and winter, it's going to be cold, it's going to be wet, it's going to snow. So 
you prepare yourself to be better equipped to be more comfortable. You know, you put on more layers and this and that. And then throughout the season leading up to opening day, you get out in the woods, you study, you hike around, you scout, you study maps, you study trail cams, all because you're trying to put yourself in the best position to be able to get that deer on opening day, no matter what the conditions are. And it's all a puzzle. We all have a puzzle that we live in life. To be able to put them pieces together is where the success and the moving, continuing to move forward comes from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it, it always sounds cheesy when you say take one day at a time, but you really have to. You can't really focus on the past. And you can't really focus on tomorrow because you just don't know if you're even going to be alive tomorrow. You have no well, idea. Well, yeah, but I'm, but you know, in, in the end, the path is still the path. Right. Yeah. It still carries the same theme, and you're still wanting to go forward, and that's a beautiful thing. Right. 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 It, even in those difficult moments, there's still that fire inside you that propels you to go forward, which is beautiful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm just saying sometimes we focus too much on one and we don't yeah. look at the now. Right. And, you know, again, those are all decisions and it's about honing the decision process. Yeah. Um. So before we kind of get into what you're like, up to now, I didn't want to kind of brush over it real quick. So what what is your, and I know it's by choice, but what is your living arrangement right now? Well, right now I'm kind of doing the nomad thing on the weekends that because I'm a divorced father so on the weekends that I have the kids I make sure that you know we've got somewhere you know stable and good to stay and all that outside of that I kind of bounce around between camp and truck and you know a friend or whatever and it it seems to be something that I found you know when I get back to uh that Heracles quote about the river you never see the same river twice or you never step into it twice the same originally this was like the the worst thing ever but this time around i really embraced it i i enjoy the freedom of it so yeah i keep the steady job i you know make sure that all the normal priorities are met but the rest of it the rest of my time man i get to go out and adventure just be and experience all this cool stuff that Mother Nature has to offer, or whatever fate throws in my at my feet. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's probably the most freeing way that I've ever lived. Yeah, well, it's good. You have things to fall back on if you really needed to, but you're living the life you actually wanted, probably the life you never imagined you would be living, but you're living... Well, in today's life and times... It's with all the high prices, it's a little difficult, but you know what, brother, we make it all work. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I mean, but your like amenities are, are much smaller than the average person. Like you said, you don't need TV. Most people think well, if see, here's, their power shuts off, they're screwed. Right. And here's the ironic part about this. Cause I've, uh, through this whole process, I've done talk there. Right. And actually probably two or three weeks before, everything fell apart and I had to leave where I was staying with friends. I remember sitting in a session going, you know, I feel like I'm really outgrowing my surroundings. Like, I don't feel like this is where I should be anymore. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'm on my way home from work and I get a text saying, uh, 
hey, you need to move out today. All right. I'm all over that. No big deal. And I'll tell you what, I feel like a lot of things have come off my shoulders. It's more like this is natural in the way that things are. This is the path, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, that's great. And so, what what do you what do you teach your kids? Because obviously, this I'm, I'm assuming their mother lives what you would quote unquote be a normal lifestyle, but yours is unique to you. Uh, you know, how, how do you go about being a good father and and showing them? an alternative way. See, that's where uh, everything gets really interesting because the other aspect of the lifestyle that I live allows me the freedom to always be there, which no matter what the situation is, when you have kids, that is the most important thing to teach them mm-hmm. is when they call on you, you will be there that builds a sense of trust and it builds those dynamics for a healthy relationship, which is something that you have to foster. That's one of my, one of my true verticals is being able to build that. Now, as far as the teaching aspect goes, they know number one, that commitment to being there is super important. They know that you value the things that you have and you live within your needs. And that's, that's what I do, is I live within the means of what feels right for me. They also learn to think outside the box and adapt because no two, no two pictures need to look the same. Yeah. You need to do what works for you. So as long as you're carrying you know, your, your values and you're a productive member of the, of the hive, as I say with the old B analogy, but being able to do those things, then as long as you're living true to your, to those, to the values, then that's all that matters. Right. So what, what is, uh, uh, that's pretty cool. What is, so what is your kind of, I mean, I'm not going to ask you what your five year plan is, but where do you see yourself? Like, what are you trying to accomplish in the next so many years? Like, where you know because you're actually you seem to have found yourself and you found happiness where do you go from here that's the funny part is i could link back to another session of talk therapy where uh i was given one of the best pieces of, of advice that i've ever got is you don't need to know what's coming all you need to do is allow yourself the grace to stand up and put one foot in front of the other. So that's that's been my theme. And everything that's come along the way that's been both positive or an obstacle has literally fallen in my lap because of it. Yeah. And I've learned to embrace that each of those come along because it's going to make me a happier, better person. And as far as where I'm going, I don't know. But you know what? I know it's going to be connected with the wilderness, my kids, and myself. Yeah. No, because I asked that because, you know, there are people who actually reach the top of their mountain, if you will. And then it's like, well, now what? 
where you you're right. kind of winging it. You're just you're you know you're you, you're in the place you want to be, but you, you, there's a lot of uncertainty, and you're 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 accepting that, and you're good with the uncertainty because the uncertainty is kind of the, the it's the mystery of life. Whereas, like I said, some people right. they get to this place sometimes quicker than they ever imagined. It's like, oh, I just wanted to be a millionaire, and I just wanted to you know have girls all over me, and you're like, okay, well you have that, but you're not happy. Right, which is kind of the thing is there. There's an important word that you bounced around in there, and that's the word surrender. Mm-hmm. When you surrender to, you know, the world around you and the flow. When you surrender to the flow state, you know that like natural beat that's within each of us. Mm-hmm. That's where you're able to discover the more fulfilling aspects. When you're chasing something, unless the white tail, of course. <laughs> Right. then, you know, nine times out of ten when you get there, it's not going to be fulfilling because there's not that real connection. Yeah, absolutely. Each, you know, each step of this has been, I've built it. And that's something that until I got smacked in the face with living in this new reality, I was never able to say. Hmm. And now that I can embrace the fact that I've built this, Man, I'm not afraid to walk in front of any situation, use my two hands to construct whatever it is that fate, you know, has inspired me to build based on the material that it gives me. Yeah. No, like I said, I I just love covering different perspectives and I love, you know, people just owning and being themselves and living their life to the fullest, however they right. see fit and how they want to do it. And it, like I said, your way doesn't work for a lot of people, but that's okay. Just like some of you know my Absolutely. life or other people's lives don't work for for you, and that's okay too. It's just however you get there, you get there. Um, just you know, don't be a person that's evil and do horrible things to get to where you want to get to. And that's what most a lot of people end up doing. They get to the top based on screwing over other people, but you're doing it in a natural way, and you're living. You're you're basically you're just on a journey of finding the best version of you. Uh, because right. you've seen you've seen the evil parts of you, and that's and I think one of the good things for, with you and what I've done and some others, you know, you recognize the evil part of you because a lot of people just want to act like they're all peachy and everything, like oh I'm not that bad. But we all have this other part in us that we're human. We do terrible, like every horrible disaster in the world. A lot of most of it is created by us, and a lot of, you know a lot most of these animals being wiped out and like it's because of we continue to screw up and we're selfish and we do terrible things and we all have it we all have the ability to do something terrible it's just life experiences and and um you know circumstances that happen and and a lot of people don't ever have to face it which is great but again like the breaking point some people never will ever ever see their breaking point and congratulations good for you but there's some of right. us that and, do. And you know what? We all get there different ways. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of literally the world that we live in. It's wild. It's untamed regardless of what it looks like around you. Yeah. Being able to tap into it, find your little niche and go is where everything, you know, this is where it's at. You know, that's, that's the pulse right there. For sure. And, you know, when we, when we talked about, or when you asked about what the plan is, and I mentioned how everything's just kind of fallen into place, 
and it's being handed, you know, given to me to deal with the, the newest one that's come along from uh, based on the work of the podcast and everything is I've started to lead and guide these outdoor adventure healing adventures and journeys. So helping other people tap into nature and use the wilderness to tap into their self and discover how to heal and let these different things go is where I'm currently at. And then I've got the book. So, you know, having the book come out this year, that's going to be. What's the book called again for people? The book is called No One is Beyond Redemption, and it's never too late to return, which is the story of me reconnecting with my daughter and building, you know, a healthy and beautiful relationship with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like what we talked off air, just a lot of the, the shame and everything, and, you know, there's so much it'll eat you alive, and you have to address it. You have to deal with it. And there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable, sad, angry moments. But once you kind of, as I've said many times before, there's a lot of beautiful things come from the darkest of places. And if you're, if you're lucky and fortunate enough to make it out of those dark places, you know, there's a lot of great things that come from it. And, but on, on the same token, just because you're on this spiritual journey and you're happy and everything's great for you doesn't mean everybody's going to accept your new journey. They're not going to accept your new, you know, you might've caused a lot of damage that maybe you can't ever repair, but you can sure as hell try. Um, and I, and it's, it's, it's also, you know, once you are able to accept yourself, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great and it's powerful. Um, and that's why we have to get to a place where we have to just appreciate people for their own individuality and, and, you know, we have to under. You know, there are people who are really apologetic. They do some screwed up shit, and you know, we have to accept that because everybody screws up, and it's. You know, well, you know, I think there's a subject that it would actually be worth stopping the bus and exploring a little bit. Is the idea of forgiveness? Yeah. Because I've had this. I had this conversation a while ago with uh, Kellen Fugerty, and. Uh, it, you know, he shared a lot of different stories and perspectives on forgiveness. And after I got out of the conversation, I kind of, you know, flipped my nose about it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's got nothing to do with me. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm, you know, all this and that. And your story about how you you hurt your pu- your puppy got his leg hurt when he was little and lived the rest of his life never angry at you and this and that from a horse and round incident has nothing to do with it. Right. And, uh, fast forward about four or five months later, I meet up with Kellen again and, uh, we're having our conversation and all of a sudden I say the words, you know what? I forgave myself out of nowhere and, you know, continued on. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I just said that me of all people who is going to carry this bitter, I am angry, I hate this and that until the day that I finally die. Just admit it out loud to somebody else that I forgave not only myself but everything that, you know, triggered all of those different events. And the, the rocks that fall out of my backpack instantly made my shoulders so much lighter. And I can't exactly explain to you the whole process because 
like I said, it was something I didn't want to think about, but I did. And it wasn't about going up to each individual person and saying, you know what, I'm sorry that, that, or I forgive you that, you know, you did this and that to me. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's about looking inside and being like, you know what, I forgive that person for letting, the, or I forgive myself for letting that person's actions affect me that way. Yeah. And even more so, I forgive myself for the actions that I projected on somebody else that may have caused them to feel the same way. Yeah, you and unpacked a lot of your to, grudges and baggage, and you just accept, right. you just loved them and said, you know what, screw it, because I've made amends with some people as well, including my father and a few others, and it, it does feel good. Even if it's never going to be the same, it, it's just good to not hold that anger anymore. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, getting to that process, because we all think, you know, if you forgive something, you have to go up and verbalize to that person. Yeah. Or that person has to have their ramifications. You know, like, for example, with my second divorce, I got thrown off to the side of the road with nothing except for my truck and what I could throw into it while she ran off, did her thing. And I thought that really to forgive that, I would have to, or to let that go. I would have to see the same ramifications. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's not my place to have that opinion or be the judge, jury, and the executioner out about it. Yeah. My life went down a different path. And that path is something that is so much greater than it ever could have been along the original line. So to really, if you're really seeking that trigger of getting revenge, of seeing revenge happen, make that revenge to not be that same person that did that thing to you that you're carrying, that built the the trauma that you're holding. Instead, let that trauma go and go forward along that new path and let that new path make you make your world so much brighter. Yeah. You gotta let all the resentment go. My teacher used to tell me, she said, just like anytime someone would get on my nerves or something, she said, just don't let people run space in your head. And, and exactly. And it's like, okay. And yeah, and you just, you have to get to a point like it feels good to reconnect because some, because there's a lot of times there's some stuff in the middle that neither of you addressed, or you just didn't have the open dialogue, the, the conversation that could have fixed this. You just went in your own, your separate corners and you just didn't talk about it and it festered and it just got worse and time passed and, and it just never was dealt with. And you still could have been friends through this or whatever, whatever your relationship right. could have been. It's just time, you know, time. But you know what though? It's not even about the could have been, would have been or any other label. I mean, I can kind of dig, dig a little deeper into it. And, uh, in fact, it's funny cause you know, she's the mother of my son. So obviously I still have that connection with her and, and her, in my phone, her contact name is corpse because one of the first things that when I thought about where I was at, I draw, I drew on Seneca's words about how once you live a moment, you hand it over to death. So, you know, obviously a corpse is dead and in the past gone, whatever. And to be able to put that together, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. 
I don't have to live with that stuff because when, uh, in my head, I killed you out of my life in order for me to go forward means that you, I went and buried all that stuff. With you. you know, I had the big old Viking funeral in order to burn all of those things. So to carry the ashes and the embers of it was stupid. You know, it was kind of pointless and a waste of baggage. I could put something good in the backpack now. You know, I could throw an extra canteen of water in there if I use an outdoor metaphor or, you know, whatever I allow that space to be filled by. All because that simple concept of what's been lived can never be lived again. You can never return to it in the same way that you have already experienced it. So it's not even worth holding on to it. And that was one of the greatest pieces of wisdom I learned out of that. And you can learn to appreciate the good things about her, even if it'll never be what it was. And you can still appreciate that she's a good mom and, uh, you know, whatever. She, there's good things about her. It just didn't work out. Some things just don't work out. And it happens. Right. And, you know, what? There maybe there's some bad things said and done, but it is what it is. It's over with. You hold on to that. Like, you just never, again, you don't evolve. You just you sit in the same place and you stew and and. You know, you, you can't, you got to get to a place where you, someone, you hear someone talk about that person in, in whatever light and you just go, okay, cool. Like if you think about well, like, you, you think about like your first ex-girlfriend and you were madly in love and it's like, oh my God. And imagine her ever being with another person or, or anything just broke your heart. But like now 30 years later, you're like, oh, I hope she's done well. Like, I hope, I hope great things for her. Like, you don't care. You just want good things. You don't care if any, you know, any, whoever she's dating, like, there's no jealousy. There's nothing. It's because you're good with everything. Um, yeah. You just let it unpack. Um, so, you're, li- you're living your life. Yeah. Um, so you want to promote the podcast one more time, too, because I want the people to support it and listen to it. Well, absolutely. I would love to share my adventures and you know, my healing journey and inspire your outdoor healing journey, yeah. which is what I do over on Project Mindfully Outdoors. And you can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, Audible, right. Amazon, Probably. and I think just about everywhere else that you can find a podcast in this world or yeah. there. Well, yeah. So camp is, camp is definitely open. And if uh, the the website, I guess I should throw that out there too, is projectmindfullyoutdoors.wordpress.com. And then what I also like to do is I like to throw out my email address that way. Sure. If maybe some of this is relevant and to, you know, one of your listeners and they want to reach out and further a conversation, I'd love to help out any way I can. And that's just simply Project Mindfully Outdoors at gmail.com. Okay. The book the book will be available sometime late this fall. And one more time, that's called No One is Beyond Redemption. And it's never too late to return. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I know you wanted to do like a cross-promote thing. You let me know how I can help you with yours. I'm, you know, I hope we can keep in touch and be friends because I, I enjoy our conversation. And, uh, oh, most definitely, brother. This has been this has been an amazing conversation. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to celebrate my work. 
Yeah, and I love what you do. And like I said, you're different, but I love that you're different. I love you, what you do, what you've overcome, and you know, you can't take away what you've been through. And uh, I guess I just most love, definitely I love when people take their pain and turn it into something great. And uh, so yeah, most definitely, and that's you know that's a decision that you make. And I love you, brother. I love you for your work and everything that you're putting out there. It's, Thank it's you, wonderful. Man. Love you too. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I have to go get some food and some things done but uh i'm gonna text you we'll, we'll figure something out for your show um and most definitely I thank you again for coming on and uh we'll like i said we'll talk very shortly all right man i appreciate the time thank you thank you again thank you buddy bye all right man have a good one you too. oh and it's so sweet everybody give each other hugs oh, sweet. i'm not even being sarcastic it's adorable uh, including adorable he's not gonna contribute but let Oh, there was a little noise. Oh, he oh he yawned. He gave me a little lick. Oh, he is adorable. He's just, you know, he had some questions, but he then took a nap. So I didn't get the questions from him. But, yeah, uh, what a good guy, man. I'm glad to get this one done. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me, with him, and with everyone else. And there's more to come. Um, again, find your your place. We all come from different in the last couple episodes. Everybody's finding their plate their, their happiness and their their top of their mountain in many different ways. And however you do it, you do it. Just don't hurt anyone or any animals while doing it. Um we all make mistakes, we all have setbacks. It happens, but please just keep up the work, good work and, and keep trying to find the best version of you. And as he was saying, like, let let go of the hatred for others. Um, you know, and, and, and there's some cases maybe you can't, but try your best to just make amends with any, anybody that is possible to make amends with. Please, let that, that stuff go. Um, I got to go, and I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye.